Welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. It's your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and this is the podcast where we put happiness first. I help high-achieving, deeply passionate healthcare professionals like you rediscover their happiness and their freedom. Join me in conversations with experts to uncover our unique definition of happiness and answer the question, is there really such a thing as work-life balance? (laughs) If you've heard yourself saying, you know, I'll be happy when, well, my friend, the time is now. Time to step out of the busyness of your life and time to step into the business of happiness. Hello and welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and happy holidays! (laughs) Wherever you are, however you celebrate, I hope that your holidays are very special and that you honor yourself. The most important thing, even during the holidays when giving is so important, so, so important to allow yourself to receive, receive your own love and your own worthiness. That's the most important thing. Then that's how we're able to give more, right? Today we're talking about the uncomfortable situations when you're in the presence of somebody who is not making you feel so good about yourself, right? So there's so much we can do for ourselves, feeding ourselves love, listening to ourselves, asking ourselves what we need, and then giving it to ourselves. But what do you do when you're in a situation with someone who's not making you feel so great, and maybe it was unexpected, maybe it's a new person you're meeting, or maybe it's a family member that you really are going to see during the holidays, and they're going to be a little bit off of your energetic alignment. So you might feel triggered by them. Maybe it's a patient. Maybe it's a situation where every time you see this patient's name on your schedule, you already start to feel a little bit uncomfortable because you know they're going to be just cranky, angry, mm, judgmental, not so pleased. So whatever it is, how do you not get thrown off of your game in the office or at home? So I'm picturing right now, you know, a situation where maybe it's your family. I've been in that situation before. I'm so excited to see my family over the holidays, but there's one cranky person who's going to throw everything off. I've done such a good job aligning with myself, being present in the moment, setting those clear boundaries. I've given myself permission to sit around the fireplace and just enjoy the company of my family, really doing the work on myself. But man, there's that one person. I know every time she shows up or he shows up, I'm going to be triggered. For me, what that looks like is, you know, maybe I've been working on letting go of urgency letting go of perfection. Those were big, big emotional addictions of mine, creating a sense of urgency and trying to make everything perfect. But man, there's this one person that keeps inciting it in me. And so how do I work around that with her? So today we're going to talk about those tools. I, um, 
I actually am remembering as well a moment that a client brought to me. And I think this is very relevant with today's conversation. Uh, He'd been working on his self-confidence in the dental practice. He really knew what he was doing. And he was very competent. But what would happen is he would see a review or a feedback from a cranky patient, somebody who was having a bad day, and it would throw him off his game. And he found that for the rest of the day, for him specifically, for the rest of the week, he was really having trouble focusing on anything. He couldn't be present with his family. He couldn't be present with his patients subsequent to this uncomfortable discussion or uncomfortable feedback from another from a patient this one patient every time he saw her name on the schedule he was activated and he was having trouble even focusing during that time and so we were working on how can you in anticipation of a personality that you know rubs you the wrong way How can you protect yourself and prepare yourself when you know you're going to be out of alignment with this one person? So it works really well over the holidays and it works really well in the dental office or in the medical practice because there are going to be people, no matter how well we establish boundaries, no matter how willing we are to let go of certain relationships that don't feed us or fuel us or make us feel good about ourselves, there'll still be that one family member who you really can't distance yourself from for some reason. Or a patient. You know, we can't cultivate a practice where all our patients are perfectly aligned and make us feel great about ourselves. We're working in a profession in dentistry where dental trauma is a reality. So even though they're trying their best, they might be so activated that they, it comes out in an aggressive manner. If you're working with children, it might be parents that take out aggression because of their insecurity about the best care for their children. So how do we do that? How do we prepare ourselves and protect ourselves? And how do we allow ourselves to still be present in the moment, enjoy the moment, even knowing that that personality might bring out some fear or anxiety in us. Okay. So I have a couple of techniques here that I love to use. And so this first one is called the gaze method, G-A-Z-E, gaze method. I love this one. This is one that teaches you that we can actually hold two things at once. What does that mean? We can actually hold being present in the moment for our patient or for our father-in-law, whoever that other person is, and regulate our nervous system and be present for ourselves at the same time. Isn't that interesting? So what the gaze method is, it's literally, and here's how you can practice it. So please, if you're driving, don't do this right now. But I do welcome you to try this when you have stopped driving and you can be in a place of just quiet and calm for a moment. And if you're watching the YouTube version of this episode, I I highly recommend it because I'm going to act it out for you. What I'm doing is I'm taking a pen and I'm holding it upright, pointing up to the sky at arm's length. And I'm focusing just on the clicker aspect of the pen, the very top of the pen. 
I'm looking at that clicker top of the pen. If you have a pencil, you can focus on the eraser of the pen. And I'm just looking straight at that top of the pen. And now I'm taking some deep breaths. And as I'm taking the deep breaths and focusing on the top of the pen, I'm paying attention to the breath coming in my lungs, I'm filling my lungs, and then I'm exhaling through my mouth. I like to pay attention to the breathing through my nose, feeling that air coming in through my nostrils, filling my lungs, and then I hold it at the top, and I hold that fullness, really paying attention to the fullness of the top of my lungs, and then fully exhaling through my mouth. The whole time, really focusing on the top of that pen. Feel your regulation of your nervous system. Feel your blood pressure lowering. Feel the calm settling in. In fact, on the exhale, you can actually feel the muscles in your shoulders relaxing. You can feel your whole body relaxing. Now your arm that's holding the pen might feel a little heavy and and it might take a little more effort to hold up. But keep focusing on the tip of the pen, really seeing the top of it, and then really focusing on your body, paying attention to those muscles that are working hard to hold the pen up, still focusing on the tip of the pen. Guess what? You were just focusing on two things at once. You were focusing on the tip of the pen and on your internal awareness of your own body. You were calming down your nervous system and focusing on the tip of the pen. See, this is the idea behind involved detachment. I can be involved in looking at the tip of the pen and I can be detached enough that I can be present with myself. This little silly practice with a pen actually teaches us how to do that so that you can be present with your patient and regulating your own nervous system. So why is that so important? Because when that patient walks in, already you have a little bit of a trigger. Let's call it a trauma response. You've already, before they even walk in, you've already activated your nervous system, primed it to be a little stressed before they walk in. They walk in and now it's boom, set on fire. Or maybe they walk in and you've kept it at bay, you've kept it at bay, but then they say that one thing that you know activates you. They're a little critical or they put down someone or something in the office and boom, you're on fire, set off. So can you focus on your breathing to bring down your heightened anxiety? heightened fear response, to just calm your nervous system, working on your breath to calm your nervous system. And maybe you even need an internal mantra, working on your mindset. I am doing a great job. I am here for this patient. I'm here to help her, not to please her, to help her. I'm here to serve her, not to be her best friend, but to be present for her and take the very best care for her. I know what I am doing. I am being here for her. That internal mantra reminds us it's not about how she receives it. It's about how we show up for her. And can we be present and 
staring at the tip of the pen. So in this situation, the tip of the pen would be our patient, whatever we need to, to be present for treating her and taking care of ourselves at the same time. This is the thing, guys. You are so capable. You can hold two things at once. You can hold presence for her and regulate your nervous system at the same time. You know, we know that it's not all about us. We know that it's mostly about what the other person is going through. We know that she's coming to the office with her own set of trauma and baggage and history. Maybe she's had a really rough morning. Or maybe she's living with somebody who she has a hard time separating from and distinguishing her needs from theirs. Maybe she's showing up with a certain amount of historical trauma of this type of experience in the dental chair or the medical office. Maybe she's activated before she even gets here. It's not about you. We know that. Okay. So how do we hold on to that in the moment? And that gaze method is a great way to practice it. Hey guys, I'm interrupting your podcast episode to let you know about an incredible new program that I'm launching in January of 2023. It is specifically for practitioners in medicine and dentistry to help you rediscover happiness and inner fulfillment within your profession and your life. I remember what it was like for me when years ago I was so depressed and anxious and feeling like I had created and built a treadmill I just couldn't get off of, pushing through every day and wishing my life away. This program is the how of how to find happiness in your practice and in your life because we know that when we feel good, that's when we can do good. Check out thebizofhappiness.com forward slash radical happiness or click the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see you there. Now I'm going to give you another one. The gaze method is one of my favorites and that's really how I train my body and my mind to know that I can hold two things at once because I really can. I really can stare at the top of this pen and regulate my nervous system at the same time. Awesome. Giving myself evidence that I can hold two things at once. Fabulous. Now let's talk about that family situation of the holidays where you might have a family member who you really feel you need to invite. You can't quite put a boundary of separating completely from them. But you know they might be activating you in some words they might say or their attitude. Sometimes this is an older family member who maybe has lost a little bit of their social graces. Maybe it's somebody who just is not very good at taking care of themselves and feels the need to maybe put someone down just to feel better about themselves. Maybe they're feeling victimized and so... You know, it always feels better to put someone else down or point out somebody else's imperfections. It makes you feel a little bit better about yourself. So maybe they haven't yet learned the tools to support themselves and to give themselves that love. Okay, so we know she's coming (laughs) or he is coming to this event. What do we do? We've worked on preparing ourselves, taking care of ourselves, 
given ourselves permission to be present during the meal. And we know that if that person says one little thing, it might throw us off. Or maybe it's somebody who engages in conversations that are uncomfortable that you think, oh my gosh, as soon as she starts talking about this one thing, it's going to be a whole issue. For this, I like to use the popcorn method. And the popcorn method is actually imagining a bowl of popcorn on your lap and watching the scene play out. This comes from a place of imagining being at a movie. So, you know, in a movie theater, you can watch a movie, but you don't become part of the movie. You actually get to choose how involved you get. Have you ever been in a movie and you think like, oh my gosh, if I just allow myself, I might start crying. And then you give yourself that little permission, you start to cry and you really feel the emotions. Or sometimes you're in a movie and you think, I just can't get into this. I'm just going to separate myself emotionally from this because it's a little, it's touching too close to home. I've got to either close my eyes or distance myself. You know how we can do that in a movie? In fact, I love this idea of a movie theater because even Deepak Chopra talks about how a movie happens on a screen, but the screen itself doesn't change, right? A whole, a whole storyline takes place on the screen, but the screen itself is just permanent, permanently a screen. It's actually not affected or impacted at all by the movie being projected on it. We can even imagine ourselves as that screen, as a movie being projected in our, in our space, and we're just there watching. We're just observing the movie, but I'm not changing. I can, once again, stay true to myself, stay in alignment with my goals, with my values in this moment, and I don't have to actually participate in this movie. So let's say Uncle Joe is coming over. We know Uncle Joe is going to say something inflammatory. I can just sit back with my bowl of popcorn and watch. Can I give myself permission to just be present and watch Uncle Joe do whatever he's got to do, say whatever he's got to say, and not get emotionally involved? So literally sitting back, with a bowl of popcorn, imaginary bowl of popcorn, but picturing yourself, like I like the idea of leaning back into your chair, relaxing your body, letting your whole body embody this idea of just watching. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and watch this happen. I'm not going to get emotionally involved. I'm actually not even going to participate in the conversation because I know this conversation is not one I choose to have. And if people in your space are a little bit uncomfortable. Taryn, why aren't you saying anything? You can just respond honestly. You know, I just don't want to get involved in this conversation. That's all. I'm just enjoying being with you and I don't want to participate in this conversation. Even that might be triggering for the people around you. You know what? Go back to your bowl of popcorn. When you've decided how you want to live your life, how you want to show up in the world, how you want to be present in every moment and stay aligned with your values, you get to reinforce them in the dental chair, in the office, in the medical office, or even in your own home. 
especially in your own home. This is what radical personal responsibility for your own happiness looks like. Not allowing other people to knock you off your values game. When you've decided, look, I don't want to put people down. I don't want to gossip about other people. And you're sitting in a place where you know someone hasn't yet decided that for themselves. You can still be in their presence and enjoy other aspects of the conversation and pull out your bowl of popcorn when the negativity begins, when the gossip begins, when the put down begins. And then as soon as the conversation's over, we can pick right up again and we can talk about something that sounds and feels great. So two practices for two different situations that you might want to try out this holiday season. Maybe this can serve you somehow so that when you know where you need to stay in alignment, when you've made a decision for yourself, how to stay aligned and on your game and in your own values and priorities. These two practices have actually made a big difference in my life. I rely on them over and over again. Little tools in my toolbox, kind of like wearing a fanny pack. Everybody know fanny pack? Oh, I love fanny packs. I just got one for my sister-in-law. Um, I'm so psyched that they're making a comeback. But it's like having a fanny pack of resources that you carry around with you always. And my little bowl of popcorn is in that fanny pack, I'll tell you. And I can just sit back anytime I want to, whether it's with friends or colleagues or family members, and just sit and watch the show, <laughs> literally. And it, the funnier it gets, the better. Because levity always helps pull us out of that place of stress too. So picturing myself eating a bowl of popcorn in front of my in-laws who might be triggering me, cracks me up and immediately reminds me, nothing's that serious. It's okay. <laughs> nothing is that important. And we only attach meaning to things where we choose to. So what meaning do I want to put on this really? You know, I wish for you all to have a fabulous holiday. I wish for you all to find happiness in the moments in your holiday. And I know that sometimes holidays are the least happy time. And I know that we we sometimes can get very uncomfortable with family members or friends or colleagues around this holiday season. So I just want to give yourself permission to find the joy, to find the levity, to recognize you are so capable. You really can hold two things at once. You really can hold presence with somebody else and protect and love yourself at the same time. You're amazing and you're doing amazing. <laughs> you're doing so amazing and you deserve those sweet moments this holiday. And then be proud of yourself. Give yourself a little pat on the back when you get through that conversation or you get through working with that challenging patient because even challenging patients deserve us at our very best. Ah, isn't that interesting? Everybody deserves us at our very best. The most important person who deserves you at your very best is you. It's you. <sighs> Thank you for listening today. Thank you for being open to these two really cool little techniques to keep in your fanny pack. And 
if you would like more of this, but in a more detailed way, in a way to incorporate it into your life personally, you might be interested in this incredible program I've created and it's launching January 29th. It's called Radical Happiness for Practitioners. It's specifically for doctors and dentists and healthcare providers who want to find happiness not just on the weekends, not just on their vacations, not just when they retire, but now, today, in this moment, when you're with your patients, when you're with your family, in this moment, radical happiness is possible. And so these little tips and tools like the ones I gave you today are ones I teach in this course. In fact, these are two of the tools I do teach in this course. The course also has some incredible experts who come in and give master classes. I have a really detailed workbook and some opportunities for live coaching from me and accessible all in your own time. It's the videos and the audible, the audios are downloadable for you to listen on your way to work or to listen during your lunch break or to consume over some time on an afternoon, on a Friday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. So if you're interested in this course, please check out the link in uh, the show notes or on my Instagram account, The Biz of Happiness in the Linktree bio. In my bio, you'll see the Linktree link, but it's called Radical Happiness for Practitioners, and I am so proud of it. It is amazing. I would be honored to have you join me there, and I would be honored to help you find radical happiness in every day, because when you feel good, that's when you can do good. Happy holidays. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Business of Happiness podcast. When you prioritize your own happiness and healing, you can be better for everyone else. If this episode resonated with you, be sure to share it with a colleague and elevate their day. And if you'd like more insight and support, join me in our private Facebook group, The Business of Happiness Hive. And until next time, remember, when you feel good, that's when you can do good. Bye-bye.